Hello and welcome in to the Tricky Takes podcast presented by our parent company, Phantom Sports. So uh, we're recording this following a wild week two with uh, we saw pretty much everything you'd want to see out of the NFL. We saw some uh, insane quarterback play. We saw some really huge comebacks, two of the biggest ones I can remember. God. Uh, and just an overall... Overall, good week of football. What did y'all think about the week? Yeah, I, I went from being very happy at several moments to just crushingly defeated very soon after. We do have two Browns fans on the podcast. so <laughs> Yeah, we've got Browns fans and Vikings fans we're in all, here. So, we're uh, all losers. We're all losers. Yeah. Well, it was... my, my, we started out down and just stayed down. Well, Y'all Austin, you, you, Austin, you should have known it was Monday night, primetime, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, yeah Kirk. I mean. Good. Kirk. Just throw us, throw us on the Sunday noon slot. We'll go 16 and uh, or one the next 15 games of the year. But, Kirk had his mind on the small group he was supposed to be at. <laughs> he had to call out his normal Monday night small group. He didn't have his head in the game. He, he yeah. didn't have his uh, Chick-fil-A meal the night before like he always does. <laughs> yeah. See, no, um, I'm con- I'm convinced he has an astigmatism, and it makes his eyes blurry during the night games, and that's what does it. The James Winston blind. effect. He's yeah. night blind. He's night blind. Yeah. Uh-huh. Those bright those bright lights do it to him. Yeah, but just as far as fantasy and real life fandom goes, it was a tough week for me as a Derrick Henry <laughs> and Derrick Henry owner and a Browns fan. Hmm. See King Henry, my seventh overall pick, gets shut down yet again. Oh. We will be speaking of King Henry later. Don't worry. We will, yes. And uh, that was, I was just sad. And it was hard to really recover from that. So uh, it lost me. I, I just needed like 50 yards and a touchdown from him. And uh, lost me the game. Hey, at least uh, Henry's still healthy. I had a, a couple of, of my, about a couple of my high picks uh, get nuked in our, uh, our main redraft league that we've been in for a long time. Uh, I drafted both Trey Lance and Elijah Mitchell and one and two, bam, bam, wombo combo. You cannot uh, trust any skill player from the 49ers to stay healthy for a full season. I have an unhealthy amount of Brandon Ayuk, just in general. <laughs> yeah, you were very high on Brandon Ayuk. I actually picked up Jimmy G as my backup quarterback because I thought Russ was going to cook this year in fantasy with new offense. You know, that high altitude in Denver, I thought he was going to let it fly and – uh I think the high altitude in, in Denver's got is a little <laughs> low oxygen to, to the brain. Yeah, he can't keep track of the play clock. Listening to the entire stadium count down the clock for you had Brutal. to have been the most embarrassing thing. Like, well, last, how- time, last time I remember hearing that was when Giannis was at the line in the final. Yes, I was just oh, about to yeah. say that. It was the last time I remember hearing that. And it was for the away team, though, and it was – not to help him. It was exactly. Yeah. <laughs> this is your home crowd so unapologetically upset with how you've done thus far that they feel the need to either actually count down the clock for you because they, they fear you don't have a good enough vision to see the small play clock at the back of the end zone, or they just want to let you know like how dissatisfied that they are. I mean, here's the thing. Russ was expected 
to do what Peyton Manning did when he came to Denver. That's the last, like, absolutely. That's the last thing they had to compare this. When was that? 2015? Yeah. Yeah. 2014. Yeah. 14. And then the next year he won the Super Bowl and retired. So that's eight years ago now. So, I mean, most of these fans have that like fairly fresh in their memory, unless, you know, you're, you know, a teenager or something who, you know, or just now getting into NFL or new to Denver, everybody else is going to have that Peyton Manning coming over and just instantly elevating the team. And uh, they're thinking, Oh, this exact same, it's a very similar situation, just a good squad without a quarterback supplant. Great, in, great, great skill players. Yeah. Supplant in this elite quarterback for the last decades plus, and then just win. And uh, they're not having that over there. It is, it is two games in. I think Hackett's also kind of kind of this is his first attempt. It is uh, being the big dog, so might it. need to give up the play calling if he is doing that. I can't even remember now. I, well, I feel like it's Russ's offense, if anything. Yeah, they got to let Russ cook. Is what they absolutely. Need to do. Well, no, that what they've got to do now <laughs> is they've got to take the ball out of Russ's because the fans are mad. I like. I think yeah. the best thing they can do is lean on Javante and Melvin. Melvin is still looking like he's got a good fresh legs beneath him. He's running the ball well, too. They both are. Just let them two do their thing. Let Jerry Judy get healthy again. Build up some confidence just in the team in general, and then let Russ cook again. But I think the chef might need to take a backseat for a couple weeks. Also, can we talk about the last two years of Broncos receivers, by the way, and their injuries? You've got Cortland Sutton out for a year, Jerry Judy hurt, Tim Patrick's out for the year this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, they just KJ Hamler's out as well. I mean, they just cannot stay healthy over there, and that that could also be impacting them. He's got thing. He has a few weapons. He's down, but I mean, geez. Uh, okay, realistically though, I mean, when just Judy and Sutton are playing. That is a slight downgrade from DK and Tyler Lockett, but it's not like a major step. It's not like he's having to, you know, deal with the worst receiving room he's had in a long time. I mean, he's, he's, he's not, it's not Aaron Rodgers situation. Yeah. It's totally yeah, different than that. You look at Russ and Tyler Lockett, they had what, like five, six, seven years to build chemistry and figure out that deep ball that Russ throws. DK comes in and he's, you know, better than both uh, Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so I think Russ just has to adjust, you know, like you said. And uh, by the way, between those two running backs in Denver, who, who would you rather have right now? Would you rather have Javante or would you rather have Melvin? Because they're kind of flip-flopping on the, you know, touches and the amount that they're getting who's leading each game. For fantasy purposes, not long-term, anything like that, who would you rather take? I'm still going Javante just because he, he is more talented. I mean, mm-hmm. I think talent will talent will win out. I think Russ has always been the type of guy to, like, not really lean that much on his running backs. Uh, but I think he does appreciate a veteran running back who, you know, understands all the past pro assignments. But Javante is right now in the NFL – a top five uh, blocking running back. 
like yeah. that dude oh, okay, okay. <laughs> yeah i was like whoa old take i was talking about pass pro come on okay. yeah no <laughs> uh no javante can can pass block with the best of them uh, even coming his, before he played a snap in the nfl as soon as he committed to the draft he's instantly one of the best like that dude's pass pro tape at north carolina was insane yeah, no, I'll, I'll definitely give you that one. He he is great in pass pro. Uh, he's someone good to have back there for him. But I also Melvin gets a lot of those goal line touches still, and he's yeah. still looking good. I mean, shoot, he might be the next Frank Gore playing for fifteen years the way he's looking right now. He stays Melvin healthy. Gordon, Melvin Gordon is one carry shot of fifteen hundred for his career. Wow, wow. What's he in year seven? Six or seven, yeah. I don't know off the top of my head. I feel like he was. I feel like he was a 2014. I think it was 2015. Was when he was drafted. Yeah, I think 2015. 2015 draft. Yeah, he's 29. Yeah. So, and he got a lot of work in college. So I mean, he did. He got a lot of mileage on those legs. He's like a yeah. yeah he is like a Jonathan Taylor. Just a lot of, a lot of but reps coming into the league. He does. Yeah. Anyway, enough small talk. So we're going to talk a little pretender contender. You know, it's a little early in the season, week two, uh, but there's been some surprises so far this year. So the first team I will pose to you guys, the Miami Dolphins. Okay, they're 2-0. Mike McDaniel has beat Bill Belichick, and he has beat John Harbaugh, two of the best coaches in the NFL. He's 2-0. You guys see them as a pretender or a actual postseason contender in that AFC East division in the AFC. I, I definitely see that have them as contenders. Uh, they, they're showing a lot of heart right now. They're not getting down on themselves. They were down what twenty-one points to start the fourth quarter this past week, and they came back and just tore it up defensively, offensively. Got what they had to do done. Uh, just a very impressive performance all the way around. To, to come back like that uh this team might might have the the ability and the drive to to win those games that are are tough where they get down but they just never really feel out of it uh so i think they've got a great chance to to go far uh probably a wild card spot because you know their toughest matchup is probably going to be this weekend against the bills but i mean this is a team that if they can look good against the bills that have dominated everybody they've played so far I think that they can definitely be a, a contender this season. Yeah, I'm a hard contender for them. I agree with everything Connor said. They might be able to split with the Bills. I wouldn't be shocked if that happened. I just, I'm not going to predict it. Their teams looked really good. Mike McDaniel's looking like a very good head coach. And people are talking, they're saying that the win wasn't that impressive because it was more of a Ravens loss, them blowing coverages and stuff like that, which is absolutely true. But the reason the coverages were blown is because of the threat Tyreek Hill is. And uh, I don't know if any of you guys uh, watch the Pat McAfee show at all. I highly recommend going on YouTube, looking up the Pat McAfee show, uh, Darius Butler, and looking what he uh, put on film this week, he 
had a whole like 30 minute segment of just going over the best and worst DB plays from week two. And it's really insightful. He does a really good job. You'll learn a lot about uh, defense in the NFL. And uh, he covers both of the late touchdowns to, to Tyreek and kind of explains how, yes, they were absolutely blown coverages, but the reason they're blown coverages is because Tyreek Hill is so damn fast. Right. So the, the Dolphins' next six games, let me read these to you. So this weekend you got the Bills, then you got the Bengals at Cincinnati, then you go to the Jets, then you got the Vikings at home, the Steelers at home, and then you go to Detroit. Five of those six are very, very winnable games. I mean, I think that the Bills take down the Dolphins. I think the Bills are just a, a wagon right now. The Bills are dominant. They're a wagon. But those next five games after that, say you're two and one, you could be looking at seven and one very easily for this Miami team. So, yeah, I think they're a contender. I think two is, you know, he's, I think he, he's got, he's good enough to, with the targets and weapons that he has to, to take this team to the playoffs. So, moving on to our next, our next pretender contender, another two and O team, the New York Giants. <laughs> okay. They have beat Tennessee, and they have beat the Carolina Panthers. Guys, are the Giants contenders? Huh? Huh? Anybody? No. No, definitely not contenders in my eyes. Uh, Both of these games have been very close. Uh, I don't think the Giants have looked particularly great. Saquon looked amazing week one. I'll give them that. But – also, Tennessee and Carolina have not looked great this season either. The Cowboys and the Giants are going to be right there low. I'm out on the Cowboys this year, even though they had that win against the Bengals this weekend. I just don't think that they're going to be able to pull it together long term. They've got a, a fairly tough schedule first half of the year. But the, I don't think the Giants will keep it up once they start getting into a few of their tougher divisional matchups. I, I just think it's going to kind of start to fall apart. Uh, Danny Dimes is just not going to be the answer for them at quarterback. I think they're going to need to move on sooner rather than later if they want to compete. Yeah, I'm also going to go with pretenders here. Uh, Saquon looks rejuvenated, but saw it in week one, and then you didn't see it in week two, and that's just because their team as a whole is not great. I do really like Brian Dable, the head coach there. I think he's you know going to lead this team back to a successful franchise. They're in a winnable division for the next few years. If Jalen Hurts keeps progressing – and looking like he has thus far, then it's going to be tough. But I think, I mean, I'm not sold on Jalen Hurts. I think he's definitely proven himself to be a viable, even a good NFL quarterback. But I don't think he's uh, created the Eagles to be this some insurmountable, you know, team like the Bills are looking like in their division. So, yeah, uh, I like the team's prospects for the future, but Danny Dimes, I mean, he's not going to lead your team to the playoffs. It's just not happening. I'm on the same page as you guys. I think this year is not the year. I still think they're about two years away probably um, from doing anything relevant in the NFC East. So now we got a couple of one-on-one teams coming up, but they've kind of surprised some people with the way they've come out. So the first team I'll bring up to you all, the Jaguars. They're one-on-one. They beat the Colts this past weekend. Trevor Lawrence looked good. Christian Kirk looked good. James Robinson's looking really good. 
and then they lost to the Commanders week one where Carson Wentz went 2017 Carson Wentz and Jahan Dotson made some insane catches in the end zone to win them that game. But they were in that game. Um, I think the Commanders are an average team in the NFL. Yeah, so they got you got the Jags a one and one in a division that is up for grabs. Anybody can take it. Uh, what do you guys think about the Jags right now, Trevor Lawrence? Contender or pretender? The Jaguars, I do like them. I think they are going to finish second in this division. I mean, it's only through two weeks, but they're the only team in the division who's put up more than 30 points. Nobody else is even in the 30s in that division. And they're the only team not to give up at least 30 points. Everybody else is at least in the 30s in that division. So, and that's a recipe for success. Score more than everybody else and give up less than everybody else. That's just, that's how football works. So if you can, if they can consistently just, you know, keep putting up points and keep playing solid D, they're going to win a lot of football games. Yeah, a tough, a tough thing for the Jaguars this year is they play each AFC West team. So the next two weeks, they got the Chargers in L.A., then they go to Philly, then the Texans come to town, and then they go to Indianapolis again. Then the Giants, then the Broncos, then the Raiders, then the Chiefs, then the Ravens. So that's a tough schedule. Gosh. Yeah, that late season. I, I didn't realize it was tough, that difficult. Tough schedule. These next two weeks are tough. And then in November, you start off Raiders, Chiefs, Ravens. That's your November. Yeah, that's... Raiders, Chiefs, Ravens. That's tough. So we'll see. I don't know. The AFC South isn't looking impressive at all. So I think it's anybody's grab right now. All right. Detroit Lions. They're one and one. They beat the Commanders and they lost a close game to the Philadelphia Eagles, who look really good right now. Dan Campbell, hard knocks. You know, he had them rolling this preseason. They got some pieces on offense. You know, DeAndre Swift, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, TJ Hawkinson, Vanessa Sewell. Um, I think their defense is the real question, but what do you guys think? They're one and one Are they a pretender or a contender? I personally like the Lions. Uh, as you all remember from week one, I was big on Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, crushed it at the end of the season, keeps it rolling. They're only going to get better as uh, Jamison Williams comes back. He could potentially be just another awesome piece. Uh, Hawkinson, still not 100%, I feel like. Hadn't gotten too involved in the in the game plan yet. But, you know, Swift is an amazing running back. Jamal Williams, uh, they're probably top three RB duos in the league right now, I would say. Jared Goff is moving the ball really well offensively. Uh, like you said, Billy, it just comes down to that defense. And I, I really think that, you know, the way they looked against Philly, uh, they, even in that loss, they, they never hung their heads. They fought the whole time. They made it close at the end when it looked like it was going to be a massive blowout. And, uh, you know, that, that defense is going to have to step it up and, and play better. But I, I think that they're just going to be uh, like the Jags, I think they're about a year or so off from really putting it all together. I think they need to add a little bit more on the defensive side of the ball before they get there. Well, there's two main issues with the team. It's defense and it's quarterback. And Jared Goff is serviceable, but you're not going to beat the Packers or the Vikings with Jared Goff at the helm. Now, two seasons from now, even next year when Aaron Rodgers – could potentially be gone. We're going to see the Vikings and the Lions be duking it out for first in this division. Who knows what will happen at that point? I mean, the world might implode if 
<laughs> the Lions finish first in the division. But it's definitely out, uh, not out of the realm of possibilities for the next few seasons. For this year, Rodgers is still there. So I don't think they're beating the Packers. And I don't think Goff and that defense are going to be able to get them uh, over the Vikings either. I, I really don't see how in head-to-head matchups they're going to be able to stop either of those offenses with that defense they've got. And while the offense is very good, I don't think that they can keep up. So, yeah, it's a good team. But for this year, they're on the outside looking in. Yeah, their schedule is uh, is kind of up and down. Well, they got the Vikings coming up the 25th, and they got the Seahawks, Patriots, Cowboys, and Dolphins. You know, obviously got to deal with the Packers. You got the Bills on there. But, I mean, I think the Lions can make some noise, especially if the Vikings strip up here down the stretch. You know, I can see the Lions coming in second in that division. I don't know if it'll be good enough for a wild card spot, but we'll see. I mean, I like the Lions. But I, I agree. I think for now they're probably a pretty all right, shout out to one of our partners here at Phantom Sports, Sideline Swap. Sideline Swap is where you can buy and sell new and used gear, accessories, and various sports equipment. Click the image on our website, so go to phantomsportsindustries.com. That's F-A-N-T-O-M sportsindustries.com. Go to the Partners tab and go down to Sideline Swipe. It's a green logo, or you can go to Sideline Swipe or Sideline Swap, sorry, Sideline Swap dot com uh and find all your new and used sports gear and accessories so uh after two weeks we've already seen some pretty big fantasy disappointments coming out uh, i'm going to touch on two of them real quick these are both guys that were drafted pretty high at their position and are, are just way underperforming uh first up i've got joe burrow uh he's he's one of my biggest disappointments so far this season uh Coming out of week two, who would have thought that the Bengals, who just looked amazing last season, were throwing the ball all over the place, uh, would still be without a win. Uh, In week one, yeah, they had a a tough divisional matchup against a strong Steelers defense that always overperforms. But uh, they had a quarterback that only had eight attempts in all of 2021 as Josh Allen's backup. And, and nobody thought that the, uh, the offense would be able to hold up against them. And then in week two, they played against a Cowboys team that's been just absolutely destroyed by injuries. And the Bengals still couldn't get it done. Now, this was a, a team without Dak Prescott, without Michael Gallup, you know, without their offensive linemen. You know, it's just, and the Bengals still just did not look good. And Joe Burrow has been a large part of that lack of success so far this year. Uh, five turnovers so far, and another fumble that they actually ended up recovering. And sure, all six of those instances occurred in week one. But fantasy owners and Bengals fans alike got to be concerned. Uh, The offensive line, they spent so much money to get better, has not helped this third-year quarterback. I mean, he's been hit, or he's been sacked 15 times already. And the next closest to that is Jameis Winston and the Saints having allowed 10 sacks. They've got another game on the schedule this year versus the Steelers. Two games against that improved rushing attack in Cleveland and two against the Ravens, who are just always play great against their divisional rivals. What are y'all's thoughts on this? So for me, my issue with the Bengals just comes down to the coaching. Zach Taylor is not the guy. The reason that they got to the 
Super Bowl last year was because of Joe Burrow and what he was able to do, not because of Coach Zach Taylor's, you know, game planning or anything like that. I mean, really, besides like Doug Pearson and like 19 and 20, have I seen a head coach who just refuses to change his game plan due to his offenses and aptitudes? I mean, why are you still drawing up plays with five to seven step drops running, you know, two crossers over the middle of the field, a go ball on the outside and Joe Mixon on a swing pass. If you watch a Bengals game, you'll see that once per every four downs, it's absurd. And it just doesn't work because that O line cannot block for that long. Zach Taylor, draw something else up on your whiteboard, please. Like Joe Burrow and those receivers and Joe Mixon can get it done. The offensive line can't. There's ways around it. It's not as easy, but you can get around it. You did it last year, so do it again. Come on. Yeah, I agree. This isn't as much on Joe Burrow as it is on the coaching as well as the O-line. I mean, you spent a lot of money this offseason to revamp that O-line. That was historically bad last year. I mean, Joe Burrow got, you know, his rookie year, got hit so much, you know, he ended up tearing his ACL. In his sophomore year in the NFL, he sets – I'm pretty sure he set the record for playoff stacks. And then, uh, you know, this year he's already leading the league by, you know, five sacks, which would be like at least two games for like, you know, to get five sacks on a quarterback. Uh, I think this is more on the O-line and the coaching than it is on Joe Burrow. I think you look at what he was able to do down the stretch against Pittsburgh, uh, you know, even though he basically put them in that situation with throwing a bunch of picks and turning the ball over, uh, you know, those picks weren't on his O-line, but uh, he cleaned it up week two. And uh, I just think the O-line needs to be better. I think Joe Burrow needs to be better, but uh, I guess fantasy wise, yes, he's a, he's been a big disappointment so far. Yeah, absolutely. My next, Massive disappointment so far this week. Uh, like I said, we were going to touch on this guy earlier. Derek Henry and the Titans. King Henry, a perennial rushing leader, an all-pro, probably a future Hall of Fame running back, was held to just 25 yards in a blowout loss of the Bills on Monday night. He and Ryan Tannehill ended up getting sat during that game starting the third quarter. And they just looked awful. They couldn't get anything done. And again, like we're going to probably keep saying all year the way they're looking, the Bills are absolutely disgusting. They're playing some of the best football I've probably ever watched. They're just an excellent team, top to bottom. But, I mean, you cannot have just all-pro, amazing, super talented running back that's only getting 25 yards in a game. I mean, you, you just can't have that. We haven't seen a game where Derrick Henry had a less than two-point yard per carry since week six of 2019. And last last week against the Bills, he was at 1.8 for the game. I mean, it's just – it's only happened five times in his career other than this past weekend. And this comes after only having the 82 yards in week one. Trading away A.J. Brown, it was thought that he was going to have to be an even more important part of that offense – and now it's it's almost like he's starting to fade away. Are, are all the carries finally catching up to the king? Do we need to lower our expectations of him and just the 
the Titans as a whole, you know, are is, was this matchup just fated to go wrong because the Bills are doing so good? I mean, how are we feeling here, guys? I'm very disappointed as a King Henry fantasy owner. Uh, my first year ever actually having Derrick Henry in fantasy, and it has not been going smoothly so far. I just think the Rams – or not the Rams, sorry, the Titans, I just think they're dead in the water. Uh, I don't like the quarterback. I don't like the weapons they have on the outside. There's really no threat other than Derrick Henry on offense. I think that's the main issue. At least in the past, you've had a, you know, Ryan Tannehill that looks like he's played football before and A.J. Brown. Now you have Traylon Burks and, and Robert Woods, but you add those two together and they don't equal A.J. Brown. Uh, the defense looks bad. So they're not, get, they're not getting off the field. I just think the Titans are dead in the water. Uh, luckily for me, I have absolutely zero Derrick Henry in fantasy this year. I kind of – I mean, I don't want to say I predicted him his downfall, but I was – it just he wasn't worth a draft spot for me this year. Coming off uh, an injury last year, you're never, you're never sure how a running back especially is going to perform after having an injury. I just had so many question marks. I – like, again, I, I – pin a lot on the coaching because I do think coaching matters in the NFL and uh, Todd Downing, who's the play caller, he's the offensive coordinator and he does the play calling in Tennessee. You got to, you also like Zach Taylor, you got to get more creative, dude. It's similar issues. It's O-line problems and uh, play calling. Uh, Derrick Henry historically has been insanely good against stacked boxes like i think in 2019 he led the league in all stats against stacked boxes stack box means you know eight or more defenders in the box there and the titans like invite that they see how good he was in the past and they said okay so we're just going to run a bunch of you know 12 13 personnel and invite teams to stack the box against us and let Derrick Henry do his thing. Well, he's not doing his thing this year. He's a freight train. He's not a missile. He has to get going before he's unstoppable. He's actually historically been one of the worst short yardage backs in the league because it, he's a big guy, and his, the reason he's so good is because once he gets going, he's hard to stop. But it takes him a few steps, and if you can get to him quickly, he's going to go down. And that's just that's what you're seeing. You're seeing stacked boxes and you're seeing poor offensive line play. And moving on in our show real quick, I've got a, a few quick hitters of guys that y'all should keep your eye on. But we're, we're going to end with a, a really awesome idea that Austin had here. But uh, just some guys to keep your eye on real quick in your in your leagues if you're looking to add some depth. Uh, Tyler Conklin. A lot of people right now, uh, myself included, are looking for some tight end depth. You know, guys that we uh, we all thought were going to be effective, you know, the Herb Smiths, the Dawson Knoxes, uh, just not really getting it done so far, even Kyle Pitts. Uh, but Tyler Conklin, so far, 16 targets and 10 catches. Uh, might not be a bad little pickup. Uh, you really need to wait and see if Zach Wilson and him have that same connection. But he's currently tied in nine, and he's only rostered in 1.8% of ESPN leagues. Uh, next up, I got Noah Brown. Uh, he could just be a flash in the pan, but so far he's got 10 catches on 14 targets, 159 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he and Cooper Rush seem to have a real strong connection, and he's available in 99.2% of ESPN leagues. You know, 
could, like I said, could just be a flash in the pan, but just a guy that's that's worth looking at, uh, taking a deeper deeper eye on. Granted, that could change when Gallup gets back, but just watch out for that. And then last up, I got Van Jefferson uh, out in the Rams. He's injured right now. Uh, Third-year wideout has been shown to have some big play potential in the past. Keep your eyes on his status. The Rams offense is coming out of the Super Bowl hangover, and he could be a, a flex play some weeks. Uh, he's available in 87.3% of ESPN leagues right now. First one, Tyler Conklin. Listen, I mean, Joe Flacco's thrown 14 more passes than anyone else in football so far. This volume will certainly come down as the team gets more comfortable running Brees Hall, who only has 13 carries so far. So when that volume comes down, Tyler Conklin's will come down, plus the addition of uh, the other tight end of the room who's been hurt. So he's expected to come back soon. So, you know, maybe keep your eye on him. I'm not clamoring to get him, though. Like I said, it really depends on how things develop over the next few weeks for him. Noah Brown, he's going to be Cedric Wilson. I mean, Cedric Wilson went down to Miami, and they found his replacement. He's going to be solid. Good guy you can throw in your leagues and PPR, bring your flex during uh, when you have some other guys on bye weeks. He's liable to get you, you know, five catches or so. Uh, not a bad, not a bad pickup there at all. Um, not sure what Michael Gallup's going to be like when he comes back from that ACL. So he even could be even better once, you know, Gallup comes back. And then Van Jefferson, Ben uh, Skoranek. I don't even know how you say that dude's last name. I think that's, I think it's Ben Skoranek. He's played 85% of the offensive snaps so far. The majority of those are going to go to Van Jefferson once he comes back. So I like Van Jefferson a lot. Definitely buy him on the low early before he comes back because he's going to be valuable. Good points, guys. All right. And like I said earlier, Austin has a a special game that he concocted for us. And uh, I think it's going to be something interesting that we we might try to do week to week. But uh, Austin, why don't you take us into it? All right. So for this game, it's going to be a a fantasy auction, but not like, you know, the the auctions for your fantasy leagues where you have a certain amount of money and you, you buy players. No, we have a certain amount of fantasy points. And so each week, maybe if this becomes a recurring thing, definitely let us know if you like it or not. We'll come back with the results next week and let you know who won. But, uh, and we might rotate and have a different person uh, do the options. We'll see. Let us know for sure how, uh, if you guys like it or not. But so it's a, it's a game where I'm going to say a player and I'm going to give you a starting number of fantasy points and I'll just let them go back and forth and I'll, you know, up it however I want, see if the other person will take it. And if that person, the player, scores as many points as was bid on him or more they'll get that many points if he scores less they won't get the points for that player they're each going to have 50 fantasy points to bid on and we're just going to run through players until i feel like stopping and we'll see where we're at sound good guys got it all right so the first player up for auction las vegas at tennessee we're going to go with the best wide receiver in football, Devontae Adams. 
starting, and this is going to be half PPR, six-point passing touchdown. That's the scoring format I'm going to be using. We're going to start at nine and a half fantasy points. Do I have any bids? Here. I'll take that up to ten and a half. Give me 15. Oh, big jump. Ooh. Uh, I'll, I'll go 15.7. Give me 18. Oh. I think I'm going to have to be out on that. All right. So Billy takes for a big week. D Adams. I, I like Devontae a lot. I've got some shares in him, but uh, I'm not so sure. I think they're going to end up getting up early on that, and I think they're going to end up running the ball a bit more. So you, you like him against Tennessee this week? You think Raiders boat race him or something? Oh, yeah. yeah no, I, I don't think the Tennessee secondary is any good. Agreed. No, I, I think that they're going to get up early on in those. The problem. So next, we're going to uh, maybe the most high-powered offensive game in the league this week, and we're going to go with a wide receiver who's been insane so far, Jalen Waddle. We're going to start him again. Nine and a half points. Any bids? I'll take him at fourteen. Connor's jumping up to fourteen. Fourteen five. I'll take him at sixteen. Do I see a 16-5? No. So Jalen Waddle going to Connor for 16. All right. We're going to go one more receiver. And remember, this is half PPR. The last receiver on the slate, Detroit at Minnesota, Amon Ross, St. Brown. This one, we're going to start at, again, nine and a half points. Yep. Connor's big on him. Do I see 10 from Billy? Yeah, you see 10 from me. I'll take him at 11.5. I'll go 11.7. 11.7. Okay, Billy wants him, but not that much. I'll I'll take him at 12.1. 12.2. 12.5. You can have him at 12.5. I'll take him. St. Brown. For a total of 12.5 fantasy points. So what is that? Yeah, at? We have 50 at, total, correct? That's what 50, yeah. yeah, 50 total. So far, Connor spent 16 on Waddle, 12 and a half on St. Brown. So that is 28 and a half. And uh, so that's over half of your budget so far on two pretty good mm-hmm. wide receivers. Billy's got Devontae for 18. And remember, if they don't hit that many fantasy points, you're not getting him any of the points. So uh, here, we're going to jump to tight end, keep it in the pass catcher family. And uh, a disappointment so far, Kyle Pitts. Drake London getting most of the targets there in Atlanta, but with that talent, you never know with Kyle Pitts. So we're going to start this one out at a cool six and a half points. Does anybody want him for six and a half fantasy points? Yeah, I'll take him for six and a half. You can have him. You're okay. giving him for that cheap. Okay. He's a Florida fan. He would have gone at well, least nine. Nope. I'm I'm down on him right now. I, I'm an I, I was a Kyle Pitts believer, but I need him to show it to him. Seattle, right? They're playing Seattle. Yeah, they're playing, playing Seattle. Seattle. Should have mentioned that, but yeah. He's got six and a half in the bag. Okay, okay. You have a one yard touchdown. So we're gonna go. Yeah, to, he's only uh, got one in his career. I don't think this that second <laughs> one's coming this week. <laughs> Hey, that's that's like a valid point. Valid point. Okay. Uh, one more tight end. Let's see if Billy wants both of them. This one's going to be a pretty cheap one. I have a feeling 
Houston at Chicago, Cole Komet. We're going to start this off at four fantasy points. Anybody want them for four? I'll bid it. I'll bid it four. Okay. Connor likes the value. Billy thinks five. Four or five. Oh, four or five. Okay. Four or five. Do I'll I take, see? I'll, I'll take four eight. Do I four, see five? Four three, nine? Five. Connor, do I see five? At eight and a half. Who they got? They're at Indianapolis. Yep. Favored by five and a half points. So it's eight and a half from Connor. I'll take him at nine and a half. I'll take him at ten and a half. Eleven. Twelve. Do I see twelve and a half? No, you don't. He gives them to Connor for twelve points, and that's C E H. Just a heads up, Connor. You spent sixteen. 12 and a half and then 12 that's already at 40.5 points so you have yep. nine and a half remaining mm-hmm. that was the big uh, running back we're gonna go to a backup running back but a good one jamal williams in detroit connor already got st brown let's see if he wants to double up in that lions offense we're gonna start the bidding at three and a half points I like that value. Connor wants him for three and a half. Billy, do I see four? Give me four, two. Four, two. Connor? Give me four, four. Give me six, one. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I think Swift's going to get the majority of the work in this one. Okay. So Jamal Williams for 6.1. That's a pretty good. That's a fair one. I could see that panning out maybe. Swift's had that ankle injury, although he's definitely going to play. He's out. He's out carried him. All right. Uh, we're going to go one more running back. And so this is going to be in the Los Angeles Rams at Arizona game. Uh, James Connor dealing with an injury. So we're going to go with Eno Benjamin. Last week, he had eight carries for 31 yards. Daryl Williams had eight carries also, but looked a lot better. So not sure what they'll do. Will James Conner even play? This is a, this is a tougher one. So we're going to start the bidding at two and a half points. Anybody want them? Two and a half going once going twice. All right. Billy likes him for two and a half. He's got, he's got the money to spend. I've stashed him deep in one of my leagues. So, okay. Connor, do you want to mess with them at all, or are you saving your money I've, for quarterback? No, I'm saving. Okay, because we're going to quarterback next. The first quarterback, this will be an interesting one. The Jacksonville Jaguars at LA Chargers. T-Law, Trevor Lawrence, starting at eight points. <laughs> Connor, you want to take him for eight? I don't know, Billy. Do you want him? I'm not going to touch him. If you want him at eight, he's yours. You don't have to take them. Yeah. You don't have to take them. I think I'd rather not take. Not not confidence in in T-Law. Okay, okay. So T-Law doesn't go. So we're going to go to the next quarterback. Money Mac in New England. Ravens coming to town. We're going to go with eight points again. I'll take him at nine. Billy? Actually... Uh, your, but your bid is in, Connor. Your bid yeah, is in. his bid is in. Billy, would you like to try and steal Money Mac? 
Take him at nine two. Nine five. Does Connor have nine five? He's got exactly nine five. Nine five five. Nine six. <laughs> nine, nine five four. Got to be nine six. Yep. It's nine six or bust. Come on, Billy. You going for it? Yeah, I'm going. All for right, it. nine six. So Connor, the matchup is going to be an interesting one. The Dallas Cowboys in a divisional game in New York. Mister Two and O himself, Cooper Rush, for nine. I'll take him at nine. You know what? I'm just going to go all in, nine five, get the points. Let's get hey, it. I like it. I like it. All right. <laughs> Let's get the points. I, I got some faith. He's going to finish with nine four. <laughs> he probably will, knowing my luck. Actually, no, because I'm taking him. He's going to get like nine seven. <laughs> yeah. you, you know how things work out for me, Billy. All yeah, right. You are lucky, son of a gun. That he is. So we're going to run. Uh, Let's see. I'll run down the list here. Uh, at quarterback, they each have one. Mac Jones needs to score 9-6 to get points for Billy. Uh, Cooper Rush needs to get 9-5 for Connor. At running back, Billy has two. Jamal Williams only needs to get 6.1, and Eno Benjamin only needs to get 2.5. Uh, Connor only went with one, but for more total points than Billy. Clyde Edwards Lair for 12 points. Only one tight end went, Cole Komet, for 4.9 to Billy. And they each – oh, no, Billy got two uh, – well, is Kyle Pitts even a tight end? No, he's a wide receiver <laughs> that's masked as a tight end. I mean, so Billy also has Pitts for six and a half. And then the big names, Devontae Adams, went for 18 to Billy. And then Connor's receivers – Jalen Waddle for 16 and Amon Ross St. Brown for 12 and a half. So we'll let you know how that ends up. And like I said, if they don't reach as many points as they bid, they don't get those points. And if they score 10 X, how much they bid, they just get what they bid. They don't get anything over. So if everybody hits, uh, I think Connor did spend all of his, all $50 and, Billy was maybe two bucks, two fantasy points short of that. So if everybody hits, Connor will win, but that won't necessarily happen. So we'll see. Let us know, guys, if uh, you like this format, how you'll think we could improve it or change it. And we'll definitely let you all know the results next week. So I think that brings the show to a close. Any uh, closing thoughts for you, for you guys? Yeah, please don't forget to uh... – like us, share us, rate us, all that. Uh, get us out there, spread it out to your friends. Uh, you know, yeah, phone a friend for sure. Uh, check us out. We're on, you know, Apple Music or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Tricky Takes. That's two eyes and tricky T R I I C K Y takes. Um, so yeah, check us out. Uh, check out Fam Sports, F A N T O M Sports. A lot of good stuff, a lot of good articles. I mean, they're pumping out articles every day over there bunch of them every day across all all different kinds of sports we got soccer european soccer uh you know we got the premier league coverage over there we've got college football WNBA just wrapped up i know they they covered that as well so uh a lot of good stuff going on phantom sports and uh i think guys we're gonna try to get some guests on here too soon in the next few weeks and uh you know if we get 
to a, a good point, we might even try to do some giveaways here in the next uh, in the upcoming weeks and months of this. Not sure exactly what we'll give away or how we'll do it, but uh, you know, definitely might have an incentive program. You know, if you're one of the people that are listening, liking, sharing, subscribing, uh, you know, so definitely check us out. Yep, like they said, Phantom Sports, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Check the website out. Make sure you check out our, our sponsor for the show. And uh, y'all, looking forward to another week of great NFL football. And I hope everybody wins their fantasy matchups this week. Amen to that. Yeah, y'all have a good week. Let's go Browns, baby. Go Browns. Bye, guys.